0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Rewatchmen where we don't review movies, we re-review them, we take an old favorite, something you used to hate, re-evaluates. But today we give you a little bonus episode, we're just going to discuss some news and trailers, uh, current events wise. Uh, I'm real curious about this Kanye-Taylor-Swift Ta- situation, Chad, uh, Chad, Ben, <laughs> I just call you Chad, I don't know. It's my new alias. <laughs> <laughs> I am TC do it across the table for me, is not Chad, it's Ben. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? What's
1: going on, bro? Uh, so what, what happened with Taylor Swift, what did
0: we certainly don't do like gossip on here but i saw it was trending
2: like twice was trending it's our it's our new section the celebrity gossip (laughs) the superficial (laughs) um so apparently uh so kanye dropped a new single famous a few months ago famous Mm -hmm. there's something there's a line a few bars that said like um He, uh, I made that bitch famous, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was directed towards Taylor Swift in a satirical manner, and she came out and said, "Oh, what a misogynist, mystic asshole Kanye West is!" Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, we all come to defend Taylor because she is this sweet, innocent white angel, and, um, and she's right.
0: She, he shouldn't say he shouldn't say stuff like that. He shouldn't. Right,
2: but but he had her consent prior. um and it's caught on tape, <laughs> and this was what Kim Kardashian shared on Snapchat apparently yesterday, and now everyone's kind of turning against her, saying, "Oh, you're a liar, blah blah, blah this and that," and like, I don't, I don't care about this. Stuff. <laughs> I just, I just think it's funny, and I love gifs more than anything. So I love that Twitter just like, ah, uh, Twitter just exploded yesterday. You had the
0: Scooby-Doo one where they pulled the head <laughs> off or the the mask off the monster, and it's Taylor Swift. Yeah,
2: there. it's and and I like, I like both their work a lot mm-hmm. more so taylor swift these days like kanye west i haven't liked since college dropout <laughs> um and like i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna just taylor swift I, I think i think she's more at, than she kind of makes out to be this this kind of image that we see her in mm-hmm. is very manufactured by a very good pr team so like when there's kind of creaks and cracks in that PR team there's a little bit of wrinkle I think it creates great human drama and that's where the the, I guess it's a great human interest story that's a great distraction from this whole last week of Of hell of hell that we've been through I I have have a couple thoughts first of all
0: Kim Kardashian is completely in the wrong Hmm. for releasing it it's not her place not her responsibility She is a villain For doing so It's pretty dirty It's pretty yeah. dirty Also She's just a villain In general For her, <laughs> her sheer existence uh, let's, Let us never forget The reason Kim Kardashian Is a household name Is because she was Friends with Paris Hilton And had sex with a dude Sex tape Yeah That's it
2: that's She it. made sex tapes A thing Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Secondly um, I, I caught like a clip of the video yeah. and it cut off in the middle mm-hmm. and then picks back up is that how it's been being presented or is the whole it's, thing seamless
2: it's definitely heavily edited okay percentage. because
0: there's nowhere on there does he say i'm going to call you a bitch yes that's not in the video mm. he said i'm i still i still want to have sex with taylor swift yes like, that's the line that he in the video that i saw mm. that she gives consent for yes just that mm. not he made her famous not that she's a bitch. Yes. Like, so then I'm questioning, like, well, then what did, if Taylor Swift just consent to the sex line, that's fine. Like, Yes, she, she jokingly says it's flattering. Yeah. Uh, and third, this is great publicity. Like, yes. You were just saying she has a great PR team. Mm-hmm. This is fabulous.
2: This is... Who are we going to side with? You know what I mean? like, I mean, actually, it's, it's a lot more divisive than I thought. <laughs> a lot of people are turning against her, and... I don't know. Just just for me being a bystander, not really having stock in any parties, it's great theater, TC. It's fantastic. Well,
0: I'm sorry to open up our news, <laughs> this is so our strange. news episode. I'm just curious about it because it seems it seems weird. It's yeah. entertainment, so it counts. It's um, very weird. It was very weird. Uh, but, uh, some new trailers came out, uh, first and foremost, the one that needs to be discussed is the behind the scenes for star Wars, mm-hmm. which I will say how great that we got that much behind the scenes footage and very little movie footage Yes, because we got to see so much without seeing a thing.
2: I love this new thing that they're doing. Cause oh, they did one man. for the force awakens too, the comic con yeah. sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And it's so fantastic cause it, it engrosses you. And immerses you into the creative process, and not simply just the film as a film. Right. Right. Like, so, you, as you as a fan, and especially for us as filmmakers, we actually get them. We actually get to see them call action. Yeah. We actually, get to see the practical <sighs> effects. You actually get to see all the dollies, and it's glorious. Like it, the rigs are massive, <laughs> and it's insane. It's so it's so fantastic to watch. It's a joy and inspiring to see as a filmmaker, because mm-hmm. like obviously you want you want to get to that level, but to see it like a voyeuristic point of view, it's so. It's just so inspiring and so. I'm pumped
0: for this movie. I'm very excited. And two years ago, that would not have been. That would not have crossed my lips. (laughs) It was Force Awakens that reignited my. Yeah. Thankful appreciation. (laughs) Like thank God. And haters are gonna hate. Whatever. Blah 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 blah.
1: Yeah.
0: I want to do a video on the. Breakdown of just how much of a remake *Force Awakens* is hmm. of *Tokyo Drift*. Yeah. Um, that. Let me say that again. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. New Hope, it's like still like, registered. I didn't say New Hope. I said Tokyo Drift. That's like just a remake of the first one. <laughs> yeah, everything's a remake. Watch, watch my plug, plug, plug for the one minute rewatch.
2: Everything's so does, a remake. Does Han play? Han. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of my one-minute rewatch song? It's so awesome. Yeah. Like, There's certain movies where I didn't realize it was a remake. Mm-hmm. Like Day of the Earth Stood Still, yeah. the Keanu Reeves one. Yeah. Insomnia.
0: Insomnia was someone emailed me and was yeah. like, I didn't know that was a remake. I was like, yeah. Yeah,
2: that was a Swedish yep. film, right? And
0: almost, in many respects, a shot-for-shot remake. Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Least favorite Nolan film still. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I memorized it. I was determined to perform that without cue cards or a prompter or anything, so I memorized it. How many takes? Uh, nine.
2: Wow. Okay. No, that, that's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: thought it was gonna be more than that because yeah. I even set a number for myself. I said if I got twelve and I hadn't achieved it, then I would edit it. That okay. I would do it in, in sections, but I was determined to do it in one 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 go of things. So, and that song will forever be. And I wrote I wrote that song. So my my process was I took the Animaniacs country uh, nations of the world song broke down the lyrics then i took it and figured out how many syllables per country i was like cool i'll just get a list of all the reboots and remakes off wikipedia and match up syllables oh wait it has to rhyme yeah i completely forgot that (laughs) aspect of it so my whole like matching syllables went right out the window and i was like okay let's start rhyming this thing (laughs) it took me like a day and a half to write the whole thing yeah and then about a week of constantly just over and every chance I get Karate kid Rollerball, rope cup Thunderball, fan of bed, the fun. Like I still have the whole the whole song is in my head forever. <laughs> 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 but it turned out great. I'm really, really
2: happy with it. So it's great for educational purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: if you didn't know what a remake and like it it stems from the whole Ghostbusters situation where it was like, Why 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 is everyone so upset about this one movie being a remake? Did you watch it? I did, yes. Did we you should talk it? about that. Did yeah. I, it? I watched oh, okay. Well, yeah. what'd you think?
2: I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was fine. It was a nice. It was one of the nice distractions that I was alluding to earlier. Like, it's. It's certainly not a game changer, and nope. it's certainly not offensive in any way. Well, then again, I'm not a Ghostbusters fan, so I don't know if you can attest to whether or Look, not it was faithful. It, you um, can
0: be a Ghostbusters fan all you want. Ghostbusters yeah. 2 is a bad movie, <laughs> and the, all the video games that have ever existed for Ghostbusters are terrible. Yeah. And the animated series. And, and the two animated series. yeah. Like, I just don't... It, it That first Ghostbusters is a very, very special film hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's not sacred. And, and I, I thought the, movie, the new one was good. Like, yeah. it's, f- it's funny. I didn't really enjoy all the exact duplicated carbon copy yes. moments. Like, even from the get, like, I sat down like, all right, come on. Come on, Ghostbusters. Mm. Let, me, let me see what you got. And it opened with practically the exact same opening. Mm. And I was like, darn it. But every time they tried something new or yeah. some variation of, an, of the old thing, I was like, Good. Good. I am entertained. Kate McKinnon MVP. <laughs>
1: yeah, <she's laughs> the, uh, she's wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just that bizarro bug-eyedness to her. Mm. She's never pl- never blinks. Never blinks. <laughs> she's so good. I'm a. Uh... I didn't like the shoehorned cameos.
0: Yeah, the, the cameos are actually literally shoehorned. I think it was... even more than a team's cameos. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was so. It was confusing to me because I am I'm not a fan and like but I've seen the original I'm aware of it. So it's, it's like they said it was a reboot or whatever mm-hmm. but it this is a different universe. Like it's just so hard to differentiate because those are iconic actors. Yeah. yeah. Like it was weird. It was <laughs> yeah. bizarre. I didn't like it. <laughs>
0: so, but speaking of remakes and reboots, we yeah. have The Magnificent 7 coming uh, soon.
2: October, is that one? September. September. Okay. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh, a September release? Very close. That's scary. Yes. Uh, for those not in the know, uh, January and September are the worst months for film releases, because then, nobody... Again.
2: Uh, Equalizer, another Anton Fuqua film, came out... January. In January. Yeah. Uh,
0: and there are certainly exceptions to the rule. Uh, in fact, going into February is dump month as well, but yeah. the Lego movie was released in February. That's true. Uh, Zootopia <laughs> came out early in the year. Yeah. Earlier in the year. Uh, but September is a dangerous month to release in, however... I think the summer and Christmas release schedules has, have just been morphing over the years, and mm. it's there's so much now that companies are like, where is there anywhere? Is there anywhere, anywhere that has a hole in it that we can put a darn movie in? And yeah. So we watched the trailer for Magnificent Seven, and uh, those who've listened to the podcast for the past few years know Ben and I
2: love westerns. We and just wish love. we just wish there were better ones of recent. Yeah. <laughs> like. Could- I, I was thinking about this to myself the other day, like, what was the last Western that you really liked? Well, we, we have discussed open range
0: several times on the podcast, yeah. that's definitely one we need to do a rewatch on, because it's been so long since we've seen yeah, it. I haven't watched it since 2001 and or whatever. Maybe whenever. we are holding it at a higher regard than yeah. we should. <laughs> and uh, neither you or I are fans of Django. No. Um, it's just, a, it's funny, because a lot of people, it's their favorite Tarantino and I feel it's one of his weaker films
2: yeah
1: Um,
0: probably Texas Rangers starring James Vanderbeek and Ashton Kutcher I'd say that's probably the last (laughs) greats
1: no
2: (laughs) maybe 310 to Yuma oh I do like 310 to Yuma I do like it yeah maybe the last great western Jor-El
0: and Bruce Wayne teaming up for uh, and and Angel Teaming yes. up to, a, like, a uh, a train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this new one looks great. I, uh, I'm such a fan of Denzel, and he looks so
2: badass. I like that it's a fun one. Yeah. It's not like... Uh,
0: every line from Chris Pratt is a, a one-liner. Zing, zing. But you're right, they're not taking it... It doesn't look like they're going to take it super serious. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's not going to be... I mean, there's so many... I think when you make a Western, it's so easy to fall into homage mode, mm-hmm. where you got to do... Guns drawn at high noon Mm -hmm. moment, or like, I mean, there's a yeah. I
0: can't recommend enough. If you have not, if you are a lover of film and you have not seen Seven Samurai, Mm. please watch that movie because that is the original. And Seven Samurai beget Magnificent Seven, which beget all these the two remakes and the TV series Mm -hmm. and the miniseries. Like it's it's a. The Magnificent Seven with the Cowboys has been returned to several times, but it stems from Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, which yeah. is a
2: fabulous film. Fabulous, and this is such a multicultural cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta. Well, I actually
0: just realized the last great multicultural cast. It was Ridiculous Eight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god! Troll on, troll on, troll. <laughs> I'm kidding, everyone. Relax. That is true. That is a recent Western. <laughs> But it's uh it's cool seeing Denzel, Denzel and Chris Pratt such a, like an interesting combo. I would mm-hmm. never have guessed or thought of that pairing, but I, it works.
0: Yeah. I like how badass Denzel Washington is. Yeah, like he keeps making these. He's 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 not a young man, but he keeps playing the young man's game and kicking the crap out of people. Totally. Like Equalizer, Equalizer is a cool action movie. I might like it more if I hadn't seen John Wick the like yeah. immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick is. <laughs> An amazing action movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Elijah is still good. Yeah. Uh,
2: it was an enjoyable distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fuqua is definitely a hit or miss for me. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's <laughs> Street.
0: Uh, what is it? L.A. Kings. Uh, street Kings. Street Kings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. oh,
2: boy. Was that him? That was him. Or was that David Ayer?
0: Oh, you know what? I always, I always mix the two up. Yeah. Mm. They both do that there's, there's L.A. No, urban Concrete genre. There's no way to find out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there is no, there's no way. search engine yeah. to
0: do so. I don't know where we would find that out <laughs> um, but yeah looking forward to, to Magnificent 7 looks mm. cool, looks yeah. cool. Uh, what was the we kind of segued away from Star Wars was there more to say about the that behind we actually didn't even really discuss Star Wars oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 that um, behind the scenes is so fantastic I guess we did
2: there, there's a there's news piece attached to that mm-hmm. they rumor has it they're not go- there's going to be the first Star Wars film without an opening crawl
0: Oh, yes. really? I heard rumor as well that Episode 8 won't have... There will be no time passed between 7 and 8.
2: Yeah, they're picking it up right after Force Awakens. Interesting. Yeah. And,
0: and and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I am all for that because we need to keep changing Star Wars. It yeah. cannot just keep being the same thing over and over again.
2: Ryan Johnson and Gareth Evans have outright came out and said, We are taking off our nostalgia, goggles and we're not going to approach our films at all with the way how it used to be made. Mm-hmm. And while they're still like you know cues and hints to like what you loved about star wars for example rogue one we're gonna put war the war in star wars and that's what it looks like it yeah. looks straight gritty norman and beach invasion mm-hmm. type of war film and i love just love it it, mm-hmm. it looks so it look totally looks different but it does capture the spirit of star wars yeah
0: give me the war you know what the there's and I do not want to go on a rant, but there's so because there's so much that could be changed in the prequels that would make them better. Yeah. But a very simple change would be if Coruscant was a mess. Okay, it's a freaking war. It's the center of the galaxy, and the war. Why doesn't it look like it? Because it
2: sounds like Coruscant. Coruscant. <laughs> yeah,
0: that that more of the effects of war. And the Rogue One looks like you're right. It does look like it's going to be in the mix. Yeah. Uh, the Mas Kanata's place in. Episode seven, when it's destroyed and they're mm. having the battle sequence between the stormtroopers and traitor, like all that that crumbling of the bil- buildings. Have we ever seen something like that in Star Wars before? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Star Wars canon.
2: There's the fan film where that shut up. <laughs> never forget, george Jar. Never forget. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. What's uh, another trailer? Uh, have-
2: so you saw the La La Land trailer? Right? Yes. Yeah. Wait, uh, so who's the director on that? David Chazelle of Whiplash fame. Mm. I, I love me a good non-musical musical. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain that by saying, like, not, like, bursting out into song type mm-hmm. of musical, but, like, having the music drive the narrative. And that, that was what was so great about Whiplash. Like, the aggressive like, gritty drums of uh, Miles Teller and the direction of everything and J. Jones uh... <laughs> J-, J. K. Simmons. J. K. Simmons. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, like, just just that film alone and, and the music alone. Like, without the music, there would be no whiplash. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a lot of that with the romanticization of 1950s uh, film industry... Uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what they're exploring. Like two people fall in love while trying to make it in L.A. in the 1950s, mm-hmm. and it's just so. It feels so sweeping and grand. It and looks, like, yeah, it looks yeah.
0: very heartwarming. Uh, yeah. Just ah, just that classic cinema style of of like like singing in the rain, which yeah, is a, one of the best.
2: And even though this was a different era, like it, it, I felt very. It, it felt very um...
0: Moulin Rouge. <laughs>
2: ginger rogers and fred astaire oh, okay
0: yeah yeah uh, the the pe- when you look back at old musicals like you can actually trace the history of hollywood through musicals in that the transition from stage to screen was slow yeah when people look at older films let's let's take uh, citizen kane for example a lot of people look at citizen kane and go what's the big deal i don't what's the big deal it was the first time a lot of those techniques were being used by uh, Orson Welles when he was creating Citizen Kane. He was doing things narratively and technically that had not been done before or yeah. not been popularized yet that we see so commonplace now that it was in that transition of Hollywood. The style of acting and filmmaking changed. If you watch classic Hollywood films, they're still presented as theater Yeah, because the idea of what you could do in cinema was still developing. What you could do with a camera was still developing. If you uh, go to Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho,
2: I just watched that for the first time ever uh, recently.
0: Oh, we could well let's let's talk about that in a moment. The shower scene, yeah, has an inexplicable amount of camera angles mm-hmm. in that shot. Like you do not see coverage done like that in modern movies, yeah. right? And he did it on a camera that was huge. The shot of the like the the up in the shower looking down the shower that is a, a shot we could get no problem we could use our cell phones and get that shot right now now put that into a table sized camera hovering <laughs> over we had to rip the roof off like the film technique of yesteryear needs to be appreciated for the difficulties to achieve some of those things that yeah. they had to face so um, to have a new movie that's kind of throwing back to that classic. Uh, Musical style of, of uh, filmmaking is exciting. Plus, I love Emma Stone, so anything she's in that yeah. would be. Uh, she's my favorite Asian American. <laughs> ah! oh, come on, <laughs> that is not her fault. <laughs> uh,
2: so you just watched Psy- you just watched Psycho for the first time. Yes, um, still holds up, man. That was scary as hell, especially that last shot of uh, I forgot Anthony uh, per, uh per- perkins? perkins yeah perkins yeah
0: uh, of of norman norman bates uh, people people who have not seen that movie mm. might not realize that norman isn't even the main character of that movie no. for the first half yeah no <laughs> he's the he's the supporting character it's yeah. um her name escapes me it's the blonde she's the main character
2: <laughs> janet lay in real life there you go Janet Leigh. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah um yeah
2: and it was it was so skin crawling because I've seen some of Bates Motel because uh, Jasmine watches that show, mm-hmm. and that's why we watch Psycho. Um, like it's it's kind of goofy, and I, it's like uh, Freddie Highmore's good; mm-hmm. he's good. But Anthony Perkins is like he'll he'll leave you crazy. seeing that image mm-hmm. of him staring at the camera while blinking for days. That was outrageous. <laughs> it's from a different different era. Again, to talk
0: about classic Hollywood, it's a different era of horror. Yeah, the bloody slasher horror did not gain popularity until the seventies mm. with Roger Corman and the splatterfest movies, uh, utilizing three D, the red and blue three D technology, and just being aggressively violent. And e- even not even not even comparable to the aggressive violence we see from. Hack filmmakers like Eli Roth. And he is a hack. He is not a legend. Don't let him tell you otherwise. Presented by
2: legendary director Eli Roth. You
0: are not a legend.
2: (laughs) I am if I call myself it. Classic
0: Hollywood will leave you. If you want to see, and this is, I am, I I know it's weird that I'm going to say this. If you want to get a sense of that older style of skin-crawling horror, Tusk, Kevin Smith's Tusk. No way. is, Is... so uncomfortable yeah and so m- emotionally and psychologically horrific mm. of a movie that it will leave you feeling awful yeah and it's not a splatter fest it is not gory for the sake of goring like you get with movies like hostile and and green Inferno yeah no there's there's a, a motivation behind that terror and it is Ooh, it's so—it's the best horror movie I've seen in a long time. And I'm not a fan of horror. Yeah. And I don't even know what possessed me to watch it. <laughs> but that movie is, like, ooh, I'm, like, smiling thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, horror. It's a horror movie, and
1: it's...
2: Oh. You recommend it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, huh. And, uh, and Psycho is one of those movies you watch, and it's like, really, really pay attention. This is a skin-crawling,
2: creepy-ass... Yeah. <laughs> totally. And uh, if you don't mind, I, I actually have a horror film that I watched recently too oh, sure. on Netflix. Yeah. Um it's not I say the problem inherently lies within the script for this film. Like the the villain, I will say outright, no motivation whatsoever mm-hmm. for doing what he's doing. But the kind of ambition in trying to tell the char- trying to tell the story within the point of view of a deaf, mute person. Oh. Fascinating as hell. What's I wish it? someone ca- more capable was in charge of this film. Because
0: who was this movie called? Uh, it's called. You just blanked. <laughs> I'm sorry. <God. laughs>
2: what was it called?
0: So it's it's a it's a deaf and mute c- lead character who it's is called Hush Hush. Okay. Hush.
2: Uh, the point of view is told through a deaf mute novelist who's uh, in in uh, like hiding away in a cabin in the woods, just trying to write her next novel. Mm-hmm. And she can't say or hear anything. And there's certain points within the film where you can't really see or hear as well as an audience. Mm-hmm. So it leaves you very disoriented about what's going to happen next. Clever. And they they don't utilize jump scares that much. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like what The Conjuring does. A lot of tricky camera works, mm-hmm. camera uh, angles, and it kind of makes you fall for uh, certain horror movie conventions where you think there's kind of going to be something around the corner. But mm-hmm. if anything, it's just you're you're. Becoming more anxious than anything. Yeah. And um, that's clever. The it, It's so cool. It's so cool because, like, and there's also, like, a really great underlying emotional context for the character, too, because the character has kind of you know, a distant relationship from her loved ones because mm-hmm. she can't communicate with them in a proper fashion. So, when there's this moment that I, I, I kind of remember still, too, because it's so powerful, and I, di- I didn't think I'd get it from this dumb horror movie, <laughs> was like, she kind of accepted her fate. This guy has her cornered. She's just going to write a little note in her laptop to leave as evidence for her family to read. Like yeah, she yeah. didn't she's, you know, basically described, you know, height, weight, uh skin color, blah blah blah. This guy basically mm-hmm. tattoo on his neck. Then he said, then she said, "Love you mom and dad. Wish we could talk more." Went down fighting. <laughs> nice. That, that was it. And I was like <laughs> And she basically accepted her fate and went down fight. It was such a cool. It was almost like a twisty, turny horror film in the vein of Your Next, but mm. in a more with more heart. Um, so I do recommend. It's a great watch for filmmakers because mm-hmm. it's like it will inspire you to do something better. Because I think the third act fell apart. it, eh. it got it got dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Hush is what it's called. It's available on Netflix right now. There's a movie with
0: Stephen Lang coming out. Okay, which he pl- he is blind.
2: Ooh. And a
0: couple of kids break into his house, yeah. and they picked the wrong f guy <laughs> to break into his house. Yeah, and it's uh, uh the na- I, There's no way to find out. I can't remember the name. <laughs> 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 he, yeah, it looks cool. It's it looks like a slasher movie of of a sorts, but the idea that they, these this guy and uh, a teenage guy and teenage girl um, in some sort of initiation break into a house. Yeah, <laughs> they picked the wrong house.
2: <laughs> Is it in a way where they're almost the the tormentors become the victims yes, in a way? Yes, okay. exactly.
0: So like he's he like is in the room and he just raises a, his gun and he's just is listening hmm. and they're like trying not to breathe and they're on opposite sides of the room and he's in the trailer he's aiming to the left and aiming to the right and he's just listening and they and it's it's neat. It's neat. So, so talking about hush yeah. and, and thinking of different ways to present horror that's Seems like it. more of a thriller than yeah. horror, exactly. But uh, I did a watch of a movie I've been meaning to watch for quite some time, "The Death of Superman Lives," the documentary. Oh, by Josh Nepp. It's the it's the documentation, uh, the, a documentary about Tim Burton's <laughs> 1998, two years in the making and vanished off the face of the earth. Superman Lives, from the beginning of the the idea of doing it. To Kevin Smith's script, to the scripts that followed, the art direction, the development of it, interviewing Tim Burton, interviewing uh, the producer—it's—it's it's a neat. If you are into filmmaking and the process of the system of filmmaking, it's really a fascinating uh, little piece. It's not—it's not great. If you—if you love documentaries, I'm not going to recommend it as you know, like Man on the Wire or Fistful of Quarters. Like it's not that sort of documentary where you can really sink your teeth into it, but. Being a fan of Superman and uh, wondering what the hell Tim Burton Superman might have looked like. Yeah. I got to say, after watching that documentary, I'm like, I wish this movie existed. <laughs> it, would, it, it would either be held at the same regard as 1989's Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Batman, mm-hmm. or it would be held in the same place as Batman and Robin. And <laughs> 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 there'll be no in between. I will say, however, yes. as they're just talking about the movie... And the movie Warner Brothers kept changing and changing and changing. It's incredible how many of those ideas are in Bat- Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Wow. Like almost in a almost, a, it's a shocking amount of like that. Like there is the Im- the sketches of what Doomsday was going to look like. Yeah, that's the Doomsday that's in Batman v
1: Superman. Mm-hmm.
0: Like the cave troll. <laughs> like it looks. <laughs> Right. So, Death of Superman Lives, um, you can get it through the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter has a link that will link you to the viewing of it, mm-hmm. or if you have um, other means. <laughs> <laughs> but please support independent filmmaking, because <laughs> this guy made Asterix. it completely by himself.
2: Um. <laughs> uh, I'll watch anything with Nick Cage and a mullet. Uh,
0: that was just... Uh, that's another interesting <laughs> thing. We've seen that image of him in the costume with the hair, right? That was a, a Polaroid snapshot during a costume fitting, completely yeah. taken out of context. That's not the costume, <laughs> that's not the hair. Yeah. It's and it's really something to cuz Nick Cage is freaking Nick Cage. <laughs> but to hear him and Tim Burton talking in behind the scenes footage of like crafting the character and the motivations and whatnot then they would have really brought something interesting to the it again it would either be Batman '89 or Batman and Robin.
2: <laughs> it will at least be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, anyway, let's let's move along here. Oh yeah, the the last trailer we just watched was the Birth of the Nation, uh, written, directed, produced, and starred by Nate Parker. And it's a story about the civil, uh, the uh, slave rebellion by led by preacher Nat Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this this was um, gosh, that. The, the older trailer, not the newer trailer, but the older trailer is definitely... More powerful. So powerful.
0: I will say that we, we've we discussed 12 Years a Slave as one of those movies that you need to watch, mm. and you're probably only going to watch it once. Yeah. Much like Schindler's List. Well, it's a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> this, this looks extraordinarily powerful. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a movie that's going to be leaving me with a sense of
2: wide-eyed wonderment. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch that again. It looks very powerful it's like how 12 years is to schindler as this would be to something along the lines of braveheart mm, yeah in okay. a less romantic fashion yeah <laughs> far far less romantic yeah. fashion it mm. looks
0: pointing as hell yeah sad, sad to say that it's just the state of our world but uh, it, i just the fact that it's called the birth of the nation
2: ah uh, yes just taking it back Taking Just it taking back, title if, uh, back,
0: for those of you who aren't history buffs and fil- cinema buffs, mm. uh, Ber- Birth of a Nation is... D.W. Griffith. D.W. Griffith It's mm. one of the original cinematic, I'm putting it in quotes, masterpieces. Mm. It was the best picture winner. Yeah. Uh, it was the a movie, an epic, sweeping movie about the formation of the Ku Klux Klan and what it means for this country.
2: Yep. There's that.
0: <laughs> and uh, it's it's nigh impossible to find this movie. You mm. have to go through certain channels to even find that, that uh, birth of a nation.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> that movie is important to cinema mm. just for the scope of it and what they accomplished it. But it's a sad, sad piece of history.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And
0: Taking it back. This new one looks...
2: So fantastic, man. Chilling. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, through the scope of it, the performances look powerful, and, like, there's, there's this imagery that's just, like, so striking and so disturbing of the little white girl kind of holding on, a like, leash. a leash to another little black girl, and it's just so, it's a deeply upsetting, TC. It made my, it made me sick. Yeah. yeah. It made me really sick. It,
0: it's it's movies like this. you yeah. have seen the trailer or 12 Years a Slave mm-hmm. or watching Roots in my younger years where I'm like, if I had a time machine, I would go back in time and beat up some white, <laughs> some white people. <laughs> I would go back and do some ass kicking.
2: DC, the Black Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, ah. Can just... we write that pilot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, the world needs a white hero. To <laughs> <dragon. laughs>
0: I'm not foolish
2: foolish enough to make that movie. (laughs) It's a trap. (laughs) Um, Bryce and I had this conversation about, like, I think from here on, I think we've had enough of kind of grand scale black suffrage films, especially about slavery. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not the whole we all get it, it happened
0: (laughs) type of thing. But, like, we need to address more current issues. Yeah. That's why Fruitvale Station is such a powerful film. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Do the right thing, which was our last episode. Yeah, was such a important film for the time and today.
2: Totally, and I think there needs to be a platform for black filmmakers to have their voices be heard. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy, especially with this one. This is by an American. Like Twelve Years a Slave is fantastic. However, it is made by an Englishman, mm-hmm. and it's there. That's why it is. There is sort of like this distant, cold lens to it, which is like really cool because it's a different lens we haven't seen before. But um, I feel like. We we need a platform for more black filmmakers to do their thing and it's not just for just when it's about suffrage films. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Do the Right Things, fantastic, someone's fantastic, Fruit Veil's fantastic, dear white people's fantastic. Please give us more of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I loved the movie Flight. Uh, yes. Denzel Washington, Don Cheatles in there as mm-hmm. well. Because that movie had nothing to do with race. And it's mm-hmm. not that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see a movie about race, but yeah. it was just it was matter of fact. Okay, so he's black. This this is a story about this man, yeah. not about this black man. Mm. And it was it, and it's something that didn't dawn on me till uh, after I'd walked away from the movie and thought about it a little bit. I was like, you know what? They didn't need to address the racial aspects of it. It was just, it was America. This yeah. is an American, an American tale mm. of addiction. Yeah, And addiction has no color. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the movie Flight for for that aspect. That was but a it's, really good movie. It's movies like oh man, if, if Daniel Day Lewis hadn't been Lincoln that year, Denzel all the way for best did actor he? that year.
2: Did he win that year? Yeah, he did.
0: That was that was that was a tough year for nominations because there were some good, there were some generally good performances. There
2: was. Yeah. I'm I'm in the minority here, but I didn't like Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: uh, I'm I'm not going to disagree. I didn't yeah. I didn't love Lincoln. Huh. I always appreciate uh, Spielberg for what he does. Yeah, But uh, not,
2: not my favorite. I, Flight was my way. I'm like, God, don't give, give it to Denzel. That was so <laughs> effing good. Those, and it was like, we joked about it, too. Like, that was the first time he tried in like a decade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we were just discussing Denzel being this badass. Yeah, I think he has more fun these days yeah. in some of his roles than something like Flight, where he freaking gave it his all. God If you haven't seen Oof. the movie Flight... Please give it a try, please. You you will not be disappointed by the that movie.
2: His most nuanced and complex role since probably Training Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So what else we get on the news docket there, Mr. Brokaw? So Star Trek Beyond's coming out this week. To rave reviews. To my shocking uh, reaction, <laughs> by the way, because it'll for... probably
0: by the time this airs, it'll be out. Yeah. So, but yeah, as we're recording, it's coming out this as Friday. We're, as
2: we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of shocked that. It's getting good reviews. Yeah, because like, the, the trailers do not look good. And don't
0: do it any favors. But um,
2: I, I guess in Lynn we trust.
0: In Lynn we trust in Lynn, man. But yeah, my, he, my boy. He but. made
2: uh, Fast and Furious for Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the news is, the fourth one, fourth Star Trek, is, bring, is pretty close to being greenlit. And J.J.'s idea is to bring Chris Hemsworth back to the universe as George Kirk. Okay. Yeah. How? don't know someone mentioned the possibility of like what if this is like a godfather 2 type of thing where it kind of like we see two stories paralleled family. yeah past and present that
0: just made my heart flutter Woof. that that is an exciting idea
2: if that's the case please do it because i don't want kirk and George, or not? uh kirk and um it's kirk right yeah
0: yeah kirk and dad you don't want kirk and dad <laughs> i
2: don't want them in the same place at the same time yeah, because yeah. that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I made a prediction for three, which they didn't do, thankfully. Which yeah. is um, capitalizing on "City of the Edge," "City on the Edge of Forever," which is the most acclaimed episode of the original series, mm. which dealt with traveling back in time and having to, or Kirk falling in love with a woman who has to die, because if she doesn't die, by the series of chaos butterfly, of uh, flap wings theory, Hitler would win the war. <laughs> I thought for sure they were going to capitalize on that. Yeah. but uh, I enough please don't do time travel i love the idea of two parallel stories that'd be amazing hell if you want to be if you really want to challenge yourselves do three parallel stories do kirk do george kirk uh, do james and george and give me something give me someone from the old universe all right give me go go back to prime and but that would be a little too complex for fans or only for the fans too complex for the layman
2: Sulu Prime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about that that story, that uh, um, Lynn and Cho, uh, John Cho came out and mm-hmm. they said Sulu in this inc- incarnation is a gay man who's married with a child.
2: I freaking love it, and like I'm not a traditionalist or a purist by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, so that's why maybe my reaction isn't as um, passionate as others even george takei confusingly came out and yeah, said he didn't that, like it and
0: that's the new story i on, it's not just that this this very progressive idea is set forth which i think is great yeah yeah hell yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Uh but why was george takei against this and his yeah. reason was like this was not gene roddenberry's vision hmm. for this character
2: even though it's never explicitly stated yeah it yeah. is actually
0: uh, it's not stated whether he's gay or not yeah. but he does have a daughter he does but it's the future. Anyone can me <laughs> I don't understand why George Takei was against this. It was, It's.
2: It felt
0: so like, I'm come get, on. No, George. me. Me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the gay Sulu. You can't have another gay Sulu. <laughs> That's how I took it. That he was being very selfish. It was, it was bizarre. I have no explanation for it. Um, I don't know why he was so
2: upset about this. But he was yeah. like,
0: this was not Gene's vision. This is a bastardization of... Trick, yeah, and the character of Sulu.
2: Come on, man. Like, I-, I was upset with that. I was upset with a lot of um, Asian Americans coming out. Like, because uh, we we were one of the first outlets that broke that news, and mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the comment section, it was just like a bunch of senseless stuff. Like, oh, Asian American men have been emasculated for so long in American media, and now look, they're masculinizing us again by making John Cho gay. Why is being gay an emasculization? That's exactly like. <laughs> asian american gay men are even more underrepresented than asian american straight men because we, we got Glenn already we got john cho in various roles mm-hmm. come on let's i think this is cool i think yeah. this is fantastic I, I, when i saw that i was i
0: smiled i was like yeah. wow that's really cool that's a bold choice i, I i'm a huge john cho fan so yeah any opportunity john cho is james bond um <laughs> So when this came out, it's kind of, especially George
2: Takei saying, no, yeah. I, was,
0: I just could wrap my mind around
2: it. I was like, why yeah. is this a thing? It just <laughs> gave trolls more ammunition, if anything. Like, if anything, just could, not to oppress George Takei, but like, could you stay silent on this place? <laughs> 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 you did not help. <laughs> when uh,
0: Finding Dory was coming out and there were people who were like, how dare they make a, a lesbian couple in Finding Dory? Yeah. I. I do you know who voices Dory? <laughs> <laughs> are you complaining Which, about this i just take, uh, take a step back here p- folks what uh, are you complaining about it's not uh,
2: got it. <laughs> it it hurts my soul of how like it's kind of like that idiotic knee-jerk reaction once again and not just t- st- taking a step back and realizing hey alan degenerous. G- G- gay <laughs> openly gay yeah, like married yeah and like the I was looking for that couple in that movie I couldn't find it until like someone sent me a screenshot it was literally like an extra yeah. pushing these, uh, the baby stroller in the this background this is the liberal agenda there Ben <laughs> you shoving
0: it down our throats
2: here to corrupt the youths oh my gosh <laughs> I,
0: this is completely not. I did an uh, extra gig once where it was, I was just like our patron or something like that and uh, my, I had a friend who had done extra work. We were there together, and we were placed together in the scene. and we just decided, you know let's let's be boyfriends back here. Mm. or we'll be a, we'll be a gay couple at this bar. What yeah. the hell, why not much well, to give us something to to do. Uh, ben, you have done extra work. and in in being an extra in the background and not having anything to say, you do it long enough with the same, certain people or you're in a scene long enough, you start developing fake stories about what's going on in the background. Me and my buddy being gay in the background on that bar scene is no different than the background gay lesbian character in, in Finding Dory. Yeah. Like, calm the hell down, people, <laughs> for the love of God.
2: And just to like, echo your sentiment about how Denzel and Don Cheadle were, you know, they were just black dudes hmm. in, in Flight. I, I know, like, the creators and the animators of Pixar and Finding Dory, they place that intentionally to make it a more inclusive more realistic interpretation of the Mm -hmm. america that we live in but once again they did it in a way where it's not like look at us we're including a lesbian couple we're here (laughs) we're queer Uh, yeah (laughs) i thought it was fantastic um like it's just matter of fact it needs to
0: just be a matter of fact Mm. and uh and people who complain about it are focusing on the wrong thing. It's just constant. It's always, it's, the, it's the dark side of the internet. It's yeah. the dark side of being able to share your opinion.
2: You have I, to well, hear I, every opinion. <laughs> aye,
0: aye, aye. There's, there's a, a certain newscaster recently that has bec- been gaining notoriety in uh, in trending with yeah. her opinion about certain things is that I don't we don't need to say her name you're right You're it right, it is sir? not important you're she right? is she is perpetuating hate and ignorance mm-hmm. in her privilege she is so privileged but <laughs> I realized I was like what is her freaking platform and yeah. then I realized what her platform was I was like oh well this makes perfect sense now I have no reason to complain she's over on that soapbox that soapbox is for those crazy people <laughs> <laughs> let's all choose to laugh and ignore her
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um anyway, let's uh move m- uh, move on to uh so rave reviews with Star Trek, huh? That's
2: Yeah, like um I mean, a lot of folks are like the general consensus is this was a nice diversion. Mm-hmm. Um definitely an improvement on Into Darkness, but it's not going to change the game. Like yes. it's a nice step forward to the next one, whatever cool. they're doing. Yeah.
0: This is this is a a franchise that has stalled out again and again. It's it's constantly one that needs to have new life breathed into it, and oftentimes the person breathing the new life into it has halitosis. Mm. Uh, therefore, the product is not great. Halitosis is bad breath. Oh, okay. That that is really cuz a good reference. <laughs> Science. Uh, I, I was excited that Simon Pegg was involved in writing this one. I was excited when Justin Lin was brought on, mm-hmm. and and I was also excited that they were. Moving into new territory. Yeah. Of, at <laughs> the same time, why must we constantly destroy the Enterprise? <laughs> <laughs> the ship blew up hardly at all in any of the series. Yeah. This Is because how would they explain that in television? But every <laughs> other movie, it's like, let's destroy the ships
2: because we got plenty of to back up. Tc. <laughs> if they are way the
0: hell out there in the middle of nowhere, how are they going to fix this? Thing? <laughs> Ah. They'll beam him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you have any other news stories up on the too?
2: Yeah, I was just uh, I was just hearing about this the other day, too. Um, so, Quentin Tarantino has adamantly said, I will retire after my 10th film. <laughs> maybe to come up, become a novelist, maybe to become a playwright, maybe to become loud guy on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he has yeah. said time and time again, he will stop after number 10. And the last one he did was... Um, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. And that was, funny enough, his 8th film... Mm-hmm. So he has two more. You have to blind.
0: count Kill Bill as one film because he counts it as one film. Because if you count it as two films, which is how it was released, yeah. Hateful Eight was Hateful Nine.
2: <laughs> Different film. <laughs> uh, but what do you think, TC, in your kind of profession as a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. Just seeing your, your lens as you know someone who's driven by creativity. Mm-hmm. Do you see him stopping? Or do you see, a, a, like, this is a fun question, actually. Do you see yourself stopping at any number?
0: Uh, no i will always have a story to tell Hmm. whether it's my own or others yeah the fact that he wants to limit himself to 10 films is foolish yeah because he will continue to have stories to tell and he'll he'll maybe he will retire just like his scripts are leaked (laughs) oh lo and behold he's coming back for more i just don't think he's someone who's capable of shutting up yeah to retire hmm. and why retire Well, if he, he he has things to say in his in his own way he has things to say <laughs> why stop at 10 that's that seems silly yeah it seems gimmicky to hmm. tell you the truth and it may, maybe it should be i will stop when i've made all the movies i feel like making yeah woody allen makes a movie a year the dude is, is in true. his 80s and he will and he can't stop won't
2: stop yeah TC, the next Woody Allen. <laughs> you right. <laughs>
0: Until I can start making that many features at a time, mm-hmm. I will continue to be the dude who makes short films.
1: <laughs> You're
2: the Woody Allen of the Milwaukee 48. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done the Milwaukee 48 twice.
0: <laughs> How about you? What do you think of Tarantino and his bravado? <laughs> Sorry, of it's... this statement that he will stop at 10.
2: I think Tarantino just loves to hear himself in the news. <laughs> and this is a great way to stay relevant. Like... Of course, when you say you stop at 10, what are people going to do? They're going to go out and watch your ninth and 10th film. Yeah, we got
0: to go see the 10th movie. It's his last one. It's his one. last, guys. <laughs> you know, guys, I think 15 sounds like a good number. I'm going to stop at 15. Uh, I I will give him credit, though. Yeah. He's only made eight movies. This For as true. powerful as that name is, hmm. he's only made eight movies. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. As powerful as that name is, he's only made less than 10 movies. Yes. <laughs> When you then you look at Spielberg and he's made dozens. Yes, this is true. So there's something to be said about his liking to hear himself talk (laughs) and (laughs) be in the news.
2: I wish he would stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I've come to appreciate him less and less these days, especially Mm -hmm. for those, like, for the things we kind of laud him for. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of carbon copy of other things. You know, there is an art to homage filmmaking mm-hmm. but that's like all he does has he originated something you know what i mean like
1: you're right
0: there there is a cover there is a talent in covering a song yeah there is a talent in homage
1: mm. uh,
0: but uh, i i feel everyone has at least one good story in them. Yeah. everyone mm. everyone has at least one good story people who say they aren't storytellers are storytellers yeah. because everyone lies to themselves and others and that's telling a story yes that's fabricating something mm.
2: Lying to right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's because you're laying down right now. Yeah. You're playing this, the, this the, is true. the word game with Physically me. laying down. Sit up. <laughs> but I often think that people will tell that one good story and then keep talking. Hmm. And like M. Night Shyamalan the best case or best example of that where it's like <laughs> he told his, his good stories and now he's not giving us good stuff. It's yeah. like, oh, I should have quit while your head. Actually, this brings a point. I had this conversation with someone recently. Let's say there's a person who creates something magnificent, something that we as a pop cultural uh, po- as pop culture cherish. Yeah. Right? And then they make nothing but mediocrity or worse for the rest of their lives. And then they are done. They pass away or they're or they're dead, right? They die they die. Can we still hold them as the masters, who uh, the 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 creator of that masterpiece? We do that all the time. Yeah. Michael Jackson made more bad than good. Mm. Eddie Murphy has made a shit ton of shit, <laughs> but we still consider Eddie Murphy this legend because of the couple good things he did. Mm. Whitney Houston is you know, oh Whitney Houston, let's uh, reverence in her. No, she mm. made. Really, not good stuff for the rest of her career, and died a crackhead. Yeah. Why do we still hold? So I offer you that how 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 come some people can be held at regard despite mm. what they do after?
2: I guess like you know that's that's totally a great point. i I think from a case to case basis, I think some of those folks that you named off were transcendental talented mm-hmm. talents. Like we'll never get another Michael Jackson. No or way, another yeah. Eddie Murphy. Or another Whitney Houston, <clears throat> as much as people try, they'll just be referred to as copycats. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're so ingrained and so like unique in their talents, whether whether it is fabricated or not. Like it it is talent, nevertheless. And I think that in of itself kind of transcends their body of work.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the it's burn out or fade away. Yeah. Do you want to be the candle or do you want to be the f- the fire?
2: Yeah. And it's kind of the thing. Like with, I don't think this is a fair critique, but I, I can't think of another. Example, but like when we talk about the film school Rat Pack, Mm -hmm. Scorsese, uh, De Palma, Spielberg, uh, Coppola, Coppola, I kind of always unfairly rule out Coppola because like all the all the other folks you can name off like ten films max or minimum.
0: Yeah, Coppola, you can name Godfather. Godfather. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, I know there's the conversation and then uh, Apocalypse Now and stuff Mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. but like that's not the Godfather. Mm -hmm. But like I, I feel like since he's done those, he's kind of still revered on the same level, even though he he probably is done the worst out of all those filmmakers. Even, right. like, I know De Palma's in hack territory right now, but he's still... He's he of- made Mission Impossible. <laughs> but De Palma has an interesting style of out- the rest of them. He, mm-hmm. he has, like, you You watch, like, Blood or whatever. That's like, that's De Palma. Yeah. Carrie, that's De Palma. Whoa, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Mister. Mister. <laughs> Scare the hell out of me. I know. Sorry. But, yeah, it's, it's just fascinating. He's kind of like the he's like the Ringo star of the, the <laughs> film school oh, rap act. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so unfair because he made The Godfather. He's a genius. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's also
0: willingly. He yeah. put himself in that position because he wasn't willing to bend to what hollywood expected this is he true. wasn't he wasn't going to play the game he's going to make his stuff yeah how he wanted to make
2: it mm. unfortunately he made godfather 3 <laughs> <laughs> i respect the man so much after like listening to him talk more and how mm-hmm. like you said he, he won't bend to the studio system so that's why he kind of was outcasted and like it's not really on him but I mean, I, I, I think he even kick-started something recently. Oh, that's weird. It's just so, like, <laughs> so weird. But I, I do respect him a lot. He knows a lot, mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. sure. But, yeah, I couldn't think of a better example. <laughs>
0: well, do you have any other news stories on your old computer there? This, it's, a, it's a computer that is on the table, I believe, but it's mobile. This is called is it a computer. It, co- is it, a, it can go on your lap. This is me killing time. With uh, ba- no worries. With <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I do have another one. Mm-hmm. If, if you had a news story to share. I, I, I don't. Okay, for sure. Yeah. This one's interesting because it's been in the works for a while. It's been mm-hmm. passed around. Um, Carrie Fukunaga was a- originally attached to do it as a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it was super ambitious, super expensive, and it was going to be a rated-R horror film okay. uh, and, and an adapt- adaptation of Stephen King's It. It's yes. Which is famously oh, uh, 1991's miniseries on ABC. um Tim Tim Curry Curry as as Pennywise, Pennywise, the dancing clown. Scared the hell out of (laughs) everyone. We all
0: float down here, baby boy.
2: Georgie! The reason why I don't like clowns. (laughs) The reason why
0: lots of people don't like clowns.
2: (laughs) Now, what what were your uh, reactions when you watched it? Did did you watch it when it first came
0: out? Well, not when it first came out. I can remember seeing it young and being horrified. (laughs) There's the a for- scene. It's the fortune cookie scene that always scared the crap out of me. Where, like, fortune cookies all their fears are coming out. Like, one one of the fortune cookies bleeds. There's an eyeball in one of them. One yeah. of them has, like, crab legs that come out. <laughs> like, <"Ugh."> Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, jeez, it's been, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you the, the whole of it. Mm. For the longest time, I would have said it's a movie. I didn't realize it was a two-part miniseries for, yeah. made for TV. Mm. Uh, but the, the fact that they were going to, Return to this to make another one. Eh, you know, it's why not? Why not? They it could. It's it's an iconic character. Pennywise is yeah. such an iconic character, and they did release the image. Did you see it? Yeah.
2: Whew. That is. Yikes! Uh, and from what I hear, the rumblings are this adaptation is more true to the book, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be a spider at the end. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Often is
0: the case with with uh, Stephen King's works. They go through wild translations. Mm. The Shining. By Kubrick is a wild departure from *Shining* the book, which, which I think there was there was an NBC miniseries that yes. stuck closer to the book. It started Stephen Over- Webb *Overlook Hotel*. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I mean Kubrick is that's a whole other Pandora's box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so re- returning to it's sure why not. Yeah. I even it, I mentioned it in my song the reboots and re, re- uh, remakes yeah. that it was on there. How
2: about you? This, you know, what's weird? I have a kind of really sick, obsessive fascination with horror films. It's always like I'm easily scared. Mm-hmm. When I watch something scary, I can't sleep at night. <laughs> but I keep watching it anyway because it's such a sick fascination. You keep it's like watching a car crash. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to look at it, but you can't turn your eyes away. You can't avert your eyes. And um, I remember vividly uh, my kind of uh, love affair with cinema began in a in a video rental shop called mm-hmm. American Family Video down the down the block from my house and every every is Dollar Tuesday, my dad and I would go out to uh, the, the rental place and seek out something like one new movie and one old movie mm-hmm. and like, I would always kinda like take a stroll down the horror film section when my dad wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was just so curious, you know, like uh-huh. we don't watch that, we're not allowed to watch that stuff. <laughs> so like and I always saw it, the cover, and I was just like, oh, my God, what the heck is that? <laughs> that's, like, the craziest thing I've ever seen. And, like, wow. and I just had to watch it one day. I, like, I was so compelled because my, I have this gross curiosity about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I took, because, like, when you take the, there, there's no cover on the re- actual rental box. Like, mm-hmm. there's the videotape cover of the actual box and then another box of just, like, the blue casing with the title on it. Mm-hmm. And I just told my dad, oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's a cartoon. Big mistake. <laughs> did, did he watch it with you? Yeah, oh. we watched it and he was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> and I was like, Dad, turn it off right after the sewer, the sewer scene with Tommy and mm-hmm. the, the paper boat. And he was like, head off, let down, down here. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> turn it off, my ears, are, my Ooh. face is bleeding. What have I done? <laughs> Not only was I scared for a week, and I couldn't shower for a week because there's so much like rain motifs and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it rains a lot in Portland; like raining, it rains three fourths of the year. So like, <laughs> I didn't want to go outside, <laughs> and, and and I was grounded. <laughs> so just like and you were grounded, and I was grounded. It's <laughs> just it's just horrible. It's just a horrible experience. But that's like my first memory of it, and like just seeing that image again, it kind of um, instilled all these like feelings of curiosity and wh- and horror, fear, terror, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And, and funny enough, I I wish Cary Fukunaga was still attached, because I think he's a brilliant filmmaker. Um, I love Beasts with No Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he would have brought a more cerebral,
0: cinematic cinematic, uh, uh, Intellectual quality to it, and not just do another, yeah. what, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street were. It yeah. was
2: just a flash, no substance. Totally. And I am happy to hear that they're still sticking to the two-part idea. So maybe they're still sticking to the ambitious scope of the film and um and it's gonna be a hard r it's gonna be true to the book so who who knows this because like the concept is so frightening like it's Mm -hmm. it's not just about a clown it's about projections of all your worst childhood fears that's what it is it It is is this entity
0: pennywise is the embodiment of that generation's fear Mm -hmm. because that's why at least in the movie uh the original series he's a spider at the end because he's returned into a new form Mm. I've never read the book. Yeah. I would rather... I, I'm fine. <laughs> I, in I'm reading good. The Dark Tower, there's a scene in Stephen King's The Dark Tower. There's a, a death scene that he it haunts me to this day. Really? Have, I, have I told you that? Uh, I won't tell you the death scene, but I may have mentioned before that there's a scene. It's so... The description of this person being crushed. and Oh, it's so descriptive, and it's so horrifying, and it's so well-written. <laughs> Uh, I had a childhood moment like that. Uh, first of all, my brother watched Friday the Thirteenth, and my sister and I snuck downstairs to watch it, and we saw like blood and slugs like on the bathroom floor, and ran away <laughs> screaming. But the the movie, when I was much younger, she's oh, eleven maybe, I was interested in Planet of the Apes. Ooh. I don't know what it was about Planet of the Apes that had my had caught my attention young, but. Uh, There was a day I was at my grandparents' house. I was going to be there all day, and there was a Planet of the Apes marathon on. They were showing all of them. This is the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston, the first one, and so on and so forth. And I spent all day watching Planet of the Apes and just being, you know, I'd leave, get some food or, like, snacks or something, come back. And there's one of the movies where Zira and Cornelius are in modern day, and they're accepted as these fascinating figures from the future and they become celebrities and Sierra gets pregnant and they have to, they flee and there's a scene at the end of the movie where the where the the cops are coming after them and uh, they grab the baby ape and they kill the freaking baby but it was Cornelius's death scene, sorry spoiler it's a 40 year old movie to <laughs> deal with it where they shoot him and he like looks at the camera and it's just like this tight angle and he just goes, oh! <sighs> like he's trying to like gasp for breath and he falls and like, I was terrified I could and then and then like I'm like
1: God I can't look away
0: I can't look away and then you know like I'm just hugging my knees and then the end of the movie like they kill the baby and the monkey and then it ends with the circus where there's the little the ape in the and it's the baby ape Mama mama is how the movie ends i'm like and the baby's alive (laughs) (laughs) That
2: was ruined me ruined me (laughs) (laughs) that was such a because i i didn't i wasn't as horrified because i watched it recently but like that because they shot the baby and they showed that and it it was like they shot it multiple multiple times yeah and it was that Little like corpse just like bounced around, like oh my god, like a jelly vein. It was an of not meant for kids, it's
0: and Planet of the Apes, not meant for children, (laughs) no, not at all. But
2: can I I say, Escape from Planet of the Apes might be one of my low key favorite Planet of the Apes films?
0: The uh, that's the modern one where they end up in the in the past and they are with the baby getting killed at the end now,
2: (laughs) it's very fascinating. (laughs) I think you can watch,
0: you can watch the entire original series. And the new series. Yes. Because the new series is heavily tied to that original series.
2: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I have a machete order for that series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I would skip two. Yeah, skip four. two.
0: Skip two. Oh, my gosh, skip it's, two. Oh it's Beneath, <laughs> beneath the plan of the apes was yeah. a cash grab. I mean, Heston himself said, I know I'm contracted to do this, but I will only do it if you kill me. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's so bizarre. There's weird mind control. Like, apes have like telekinesis all of a sudden yeah yeah. skip planet it's so bizarre yeah but i can go uh one three and then dawn and rise
0: Rise, and then go to Uh, escape and conquest
2: is that the order because you can go from escape to dawn because it's that baby is caesar right it's a different universe of caesar (laughs) but it's still caesar the ape
0: gosh the the budget just slowly diminishes in every one of those that i can just re- it, and certainly has been a good number of years since i've seen this yeah. but uh that last one just being so cardboard cut out <laughs> there's,
2: i think there's uh stock footage that they use for like throughout all of those latter films
0: it, planet of the apes uh, a, as of this airing will have just done a limited run for a weekend yeah in theaters i'm so excited uh, i hope for, i have time to watch for it th- <laughs> for those of you who may have missed it uh Look out for those! It's Fathom is the company that does these events. Fathom, series. Movie events. Fathom events does all the riff tracks live. They did. Uh, they do like even like Sharknado. You can see that in theaters because they'll do a limited weekend run. Starting T Z do it. <laughs> they'll do Doctor Who episodes. They um, they were responsible for the Game of Thrones episode going up. They just did Planet the Apes and of this airing, they uh, the Killing Joke is released for one weekend in theaters. We are actually playing it at the AMC oh in God. Fullerton. Are you gonna watch it? Uh, well, uh, Candace and I, being in, in Comic Con, we, depending on how scheduling works, we uh, will attempt to see the premiere of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's a fun little thing that um, I, I don't think people are aware of. With the advent of digital streaming, movie theaters, mm. as opposed to physical film, they're able to do more and more special events. Uh, find your biggest movie theater area, and I, I almost, I would bet, nearly almost guarantee that every weekend they play some special event. Yeah. Uh, opera is used mm-hmm. very, very often. They do a lot of the the Metropolitan Apra will be presented
2: in movie theaters. Yeah, so. that's a nice plug for Fathom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, this episode brought to you by Fathom. Events. <laughs> not, not to keep the Fathom conversation going on, but I I watched a Dragon Pulse movie <laughs> last year, and it was a Fathom event. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, thankful for those Fathom events because it brings out the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. and it's so much more fun watching stupid stuff like that. With the fans, they uh, yeah. they
0: did Ferris Bueller for th- its 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um,
2: they just did Fight Club last weekend, I believe. Yeah, gosh, ten years. Yeah, ten years. That's worth a rewatch. <laughs> Fight Club, that's so good. Uh, oh,
0: any other news stories
2: pop up on your radar? Um, I don't know how long you want to keep this going, but I, I think there's news. <laughs>
0: you think or
2: you know? I just think that's those were the, my main points I okay. wanted to hit. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I don't really have any any other news that springs to mind. Okay. Uh, certainly, Comic Con is happening, and we will we'll probably do uh, the next episode we post. We'll have potentially have a Comic Con wrap up, or as we're kind of breaking these up into alternating episodes, we might do another review followed by a bonus episode. So, yeah. For those of you listen, I I would ask what you think. Do you do you like that we are kind of uh, going back and forth between bonus episodes where we sort of freeform? Like we did with Game of Thrones. Um, I, I actually feel bad because we have recorded bonus episodes in the past that I never post.
2: The lost episodes. It, it's, it's not
0: that they're lost, it's just that they <laughs> they become outdated or the subject matter didn't really have a focus. Yeah. Uh, doing Game of Thrones, that was a great focused bonus episode. Doing this little news and trailer wrap up is, is fun. So, anyway, I ask the listeners out there if you want to keep doing it. Actually,. I don't care what you think. <laughs> ben and I were going to keep doing it.
2: we kind of to play by our own rules. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all the news for me, sir. Cool. Uh,
0: well, I think the only other oh, the only other and to, to end it bookend it with Star Wars is that uh, Miller and Lord, the 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 Golden Goose tr- duo, that somehow will continue to take movies that in no way should be good, turn them into gold, Clyde with chance meatballs. Uh, it's 21 Jump Street and The Lego Movie. A- at their inception, you would not, like, oh, those are going to be good. I- I- I'm rolling my eyes right now. And somehow they've created three great films and with some sub- some follow-ups. These, This is the pair that is responsible for the upcoming, in the next few years, Han Solo movie. Ooh. I don't know if you're aware of that.
2: Yes, I was, and Bradford Young is DPing that film. Actually,
0: oh, and he was the was he the, the Selma Selma? DP, wow, yeah. okay. I am excited by the fact that those two are attached. Yeah, I'm not. Exci- I don't really have it in me that I want to see a young Han Solo movie. I I fear what that could be, mm. uh, but with the the newer Star Wars era we live in. They're making exciting, bold choices, not having the opening crawl, picking up the movie exactly where it left off. That's exciting yeah. to have Miller and Lord, who have been responsible for some miracles, being resp- being involved with, with writing and directing this Han Solo film. That's exciting. Uh, Alden, what's his name? Alden Emmerich, I believe, is the actor who is playing Han Solo. I can't pronounce his name. After, <laughs> after, after a, a long list that was dwindled down to that. What else has he been in? I uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. <laughs> we fact checked here at the Rewatchmen, <laughs> uh, but
0: I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to to what the future holds for for the Star Wars universe. Yeah, more so than I am with Star Trek, which I'm a fan of both. I grew yeah. up a fan of both, but I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm I will see out of nerd obligation, but I'm not <laughs> excited for uh, Star Trek Beyond. Mm. I'm not. Like woohoo about the new Star Trek series that's coming about, but I am certainly going to watch it. Yes, but with Star Wars, as long as they keep the good faith alive, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm going to be. I think be there's okay. a good direction.
2: Yeah. I think so many of us fear the kind of corporate takeover when Disney bought all the rights mm-hmm. of all these films, but I was just excited because they have so much resources, and even if it fails, you get a second chance because they have so much resources. Mm-hmm. So there is more creative risk to be taken when you have a company that big backing you. So, like, yeah, sure, they'll do a Han Solo film, but maybe if that blows up, we'll get that Bounty Hunter film, mm-hmm. or we'll get that 310 to Tatooine film that you yeah. want to pitch. <laughs> yes, please.
0: You and McGregor and, and
2: Joel Edgerton in one movie together and stars. Come Uncle on. Owen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, it's the and and I love that despite it being this giant sandbox universe they're creating, they are not following the Marvel mo- model. Yeah, no, they are creating a new model in this standalone films, mm-hmm. a- as well as the alternating uh, the anthology versus the mythology movies that they're creating. Oh, I thought of another new story for Star Wars: is that Grand Ad- uh, Admiral Thrawn is getting a canonical in, uh, uh, um, uh, insert into. the into the Star Wars universe, Thrawn being the blue-skinned third in the line of command to the Empire Emperor. emperor uh, so he's number three in the in the Empire from the Timothy Zahn Dark Force trilogy, mm. which became non-canon as soon as Disney took over, and much a chagrin of a lot of people. <laughs> Um, but it has been announced by Timothy Zahn at Star Wars Celebration that there will be a Thrawn novel in 2017, mm-hmm. bringing him into canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what excites me in that is Timothy Zahn created Thrawn. He became this legendary character in the Star Wars mythos. He gets a second chance at making this guy. Yeah. What will stay? What will change? I'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Uh, but the ardent EU fans <laughs> are probably going to be pissed off. Because hey, canon, you know, in the original, Zion trilogy, Thrawn, blah 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 blah. <laughs> look, people were kind of ch- like, "Ooh, uh, Ben Middleson's character for Rogue One, yes. is wearing Thrawn's costume. The white ooh. imperial outfit with the cape on the shoulder is yeah. Thrawn's costume from that original, now Legends mm. Dark Force trilogy. Uh, but that blue skinned dude is coming into canon. Okay, and and we'll. to be determined to be wait to see what they do with it because uh force whitaker's character in rogue one is in star wars rebels
2: that's what i heard yep yes his
0: his character is from the cartoon series Mm. that's cool that's and and that and to swing it all the way back to what i said not following the marvel method they have their own sandbox that they're playing in That's really cool. I I think that's really cool that to tie it so directly to a non Skywalker, non Jedi character.
2: Mm. That's cool. Really excited. (laughs) Woo! Man, Rogue One can't come soon enough. Uh, It'll, it'll be. Uh, Oh, oh, Ben, Ben,
1: Ben.
0: So oh, now this this weird bonus news episode that just came out, which had old news before Comic Con, and it's posting today, and yeah. people are like, this is old news. Get to the comic book stuff. That's the next episode." Yeah. But let's do a little bit of out of out of sequence, non-linear news story here. <gasps> Multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben, what's
2: what's who, who, the big deal? What is the big deal?
0: It's just it's it's an it's a Chinese filmmaker, Chinese director, a Chinese studio. And so what? The Cast Matt Damon? What's the big deal? Why why is this a problem?
1: <laughs> why is this a problem? That I don't understand. <laughs> Here, what, I'm gonna put a quarter in. Uh, so okay. <laughs> the
0: trailer for Great Wall The Great Wall. Great Wall. Whatever. The Great Wall. The Great Wall came out and it's a science fiction fantasy adventure mm. movie.
2: I believe it's the prequel to The Donald Trump Story. Oh, gosh! <laughs> uh,
0: about uh, the Great Wall of China was built to keep out, apparently, dragons. Yes. Um, and it is starring a slew of people, but mm-hmm. the headliner of the movie is Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> and apparently, this is rubbing people the wrong way because yeah. it's once again giving us a... giving. Asian cinema, mm. American Asian American cinema, a white savior. Yes. So, I, I keep I keep throwing questions at you and not giving a chance to answer my question. I'm going to throw one last question at you. Sure thing. Do we know that he's the main character of this movie? Are you sure
2: he's not just the one they're using to promote the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that, that we don't know. And <laughs> even in promotion, I find it so... <laughs> Offensive. Questionable. <laughs> Questionable is very safe PC <laughs> word to use because I feel other things right now. Constance uh, yeah. Constants. Uh, Woo um, had a few choice words. To yeah, say. she said oh, her her. I I love her for constantly speaking out because she's the one. She's in the public eye. She's she. It could cost her her job to say things like this, but that's why I love ABC so much because mm-hmm. they're like, no, feel free. Mm-hmm. You know, like Shonda Rhimes and the Grey's Anatomy cast mm-hmm. and everyone over there mm-hmm. was like, yeah, no, this is. This is the perfect time to be a creator of color because you can speak out against these injustices, and you won't get backlash for yeah, it. Or I'm, even if you do, you'll get backup.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like
2: when Jesse uh, Williams
0: Williams said what he said, and people are like fire him from Grey's Anatomy.
2: <laughs> it's almost as if we
0: could say, as as though television could say as a whole, like, uh, yeah. sorry, we're not
2: movies. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you might that might be able to fly and get someone fired in the movie industry. Mm. This is the TV industry. Yeah, we're a bit more progressive here. Yes, okay. we protect our own. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and. I want to pose you this question, TC, and everyone else out here. This is not, like, a defensive response or anything, but I just want to know why we continually defend popular figures, people in power, when it comes to questioning the portrayal of these marginalized communities. You know what I mean? Like, I understand China is has like a billion gajillion people. Asian, and In fact, Asian people are the most uh, in numbers in the world. It's the largest population of, of a race or ethnicity, I guess. Yeah, I totally. It. So I, I understand how Chinese, Chinese folks do not understand the socio-political complexities of being Asian American, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's just... When we continue, like gods of Egypt and oh, and and, uh, and uh, Exodus, Exodus. Mm-hmm. I don't know any brown Egyptians. <laughs> exactly. That's that was literally Ridley Scott's words. That was Ridley Scott coming question. out of his mouth. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like some of these folks. Like I can't blame, even though I don't like Matt Damon. I I don't necessarily blame him. He's taking a job, and who wouldn't want to work with Zangimo? He's mm-hmm. a visionary, mm-hmm. and I don't blame Christian Bale for being in that movie. But you know, like they're, they're never willing to speak up, and. Whether that's understandable. I don't think that's understandable to me, but I, I'm just thinking, I'm just asking why why is it that every time we bring this up, oh, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, we're in such a PC culture now. Oh, you don't need safe spaces, blah, blah, blah. Like, there is <laughs> this, this is the time to speak out about this stuff, man, because the it's people going. People who are reacting that way yeah. don't. Get it? Yeah. Okay.
0: And I, I certainly don't want to get political, hmm. but there's a, there's Tommy Laurel, Lauren or whatever. She's, she's on the, the, oh, the, the, the burn, um, whatever. She's the, the Fox person. The right? fo- she's the conservative voice, right? Mm-hmm. She is not the, the voice of the people. Yeah. She is a privileged white rich girl, <laughs> and she has never faced a problem in her life mm-hmm. that money or daddy couldn't get her out of. Yeah. And she has never faced what the anyone of minority or of, 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 of poverty mm. or of middle class has ever faced. Yeah. So for her to tout her opinion is no different than the people who say, why are you complaining about this? You don't get it, okay? Yeah. I am not a person of color. I have experienced um, uh, uh, being a, a, a part of a, a smaller culture because of what I grew up liking. Mm. I, I grew up in a private school where I was bullied for not wearing the designer Levi's jean uh, blue pants, I wore Wranglers. <laughs> I had I had curly hair and glasses, and, yeah. and that's that's marginalized in a private school full of white people. We had mm. one black kid in the school. His mm. name was Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I, I but I could never wrap my mind around what it's like to be. An actual person of color, mm. and and you even said it in one of our previous podcasts. Even you can't even wrap your mind around the extent that some people have gone through because you yeah. come from privilege. It's almost like a hierarchy. <laughs> <to see. laughs> so
2: it's so sad to say, but like it, it's just that we we are so quick to label folks who are just trying to air out their grievances as complaining. And it's so dangerous because these folks are marginalized mm-hmm. and they're in in—they're in the minority and they don't have the power to speak up or the power to affect change. Yeah. And the thing is, we're so warped in this idea and narrative of having, you know, white folks as the elite all the time, white savior complex in all these action movies. That we're kind of okay with it, mm-hmm. like people that are defending it. There's Asian people defending it too. They're just like, "Why what are you complaining? about? we're doing fine." No, we're not. <laughs> we have three shows on major on a major network. Three out of like 130. <laughs> Come on, man. And not only that, like, I'm just thinking it further perpetuates the idea that this is okay, mm-hmm. so much and so forth that Chinese folks are willing to do it. You know what I mean? Like the Westernization, the colonization of western culture is so deep now Mm -hmm. that it's okay to do it internationally and like i understand that china's doing it for business reasons Mm -hmm. and they're doing it solely for business reasons they don't give a crap about us (laughs) they don't give a damn about asian americans that's why you don't see asian americans in that in that movie Mm -hmm. if you're not chinese you don't speak mandarin you're not gonna be in that movie right and it hurt it just hurts so much because like folks are actually thinking okay now that there's this global chinese takeover of cinema and how they're kind of having more of a, a financial share in these studios maybe we'll get more Asian faces but here's the thing Asian but not Asian American yeah, not Asian Australian not any other yeah. intersectional Asian you know There's,
0: therein lies the issue yeah and there there may be people listening who who feel like who, who might even agree with the other side of things like I don't understand yeah. why why this is such a problem it's not the misrepresentation of Asians hmm. it's the lack of representation for Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. And to to give more opportunity to Asian Americans in cinema and television yeah. is important for our country. Mm-hmm. Having films worldwide... China makes more films in a year than we do. Yeah. Like, in, in, that America does. China... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Japan, Korea, they uh, like there's all the Asian countries. They produce film on a level you would not believe. Yeah, go to go get the Wikipedia for uh, the Wikipedia for Bollywood. You would not <laughs> believe the number of Indian movies that come out yeah. in a year. That's beside the point. American cinema is is what's affecting young filmmakers yes. and young people of color mm-hmm. of of all color. Look, we. it took us a long time as nerds to be represented. <laughs> and it took the rise of Steve Jobs yeah. and having a geek president mm. and having comic book movies become what they are yeah. and having inspired filmmakers, geek filmmakers, mm. play a part in the role in Hollywood. Yeah. And that's how a, a marginalized group of geeks yeah. became represented. Yeah. It is not hard to do that. Ryan Coogler being responsible for Black Panther is mm-hmm. an amazing step. Right, uh, and uh, Creed, um, if you look at some of the the chess pieces moving across the board, there is representation slowly happening. Yeah. Look how excited we were for Luke Cage and Black Panther. Yeah. like That was some of the most exciting stuff to come. Sorry. Uh, you will hear when you listen to our Comic-Con episode, which is after this episode, <laughs> how excited we are about Luke Cage and Black Panther.
1: <laughs>
2: I... I also would like to post this question. And I am not like a business guy, but I I i I'm starting to understand the interworkings of how this kind of works. And mm-hmm. it's very unfortunate because it breaks my heart because it seems like there is no first there's no end to this problem. And secondly, where does a guy like me get an opportunity to be say an exec, say to be at a um uh is it highline? High... Above the line? Above the line, sorry. <laughs> above, getting an above the line career. Yeah. So and
0: that's Those are the people who get paid for film writer, director,
2: um, yeah. executive producer. And the sad part is I'm more likely than, say, a, a black person or a woman of color or a queer person of color or mm-hmm. so so on and so forth. You know in, I mean? general, like, in, in general. In general. Yeah. And in general, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Um, But I'm just thinking now we already have this uh, problem of diversity and it's not because... I mean, some of it, a lot of it is just historically because we haven't done it enough. Mm -hmm. And so there is not a precedent set. But also now we're kind of reacting out of fear. Like, oh, let's just fill quotas instead of portraying these people authentically as people. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have the rising power of China coming in and having their socio-economical and political influence on us. Like, they're very different. They're communists, by the way. A lot of people don't realize that. They're still communists. The evil and, reds. Yeah, and however you want to view that, I mean, it's not as bad as the 80s or whatever, but they're still, the folks are oppressed over there, and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And <laughs> it's, there's still this, even in more conservative Asian cultures, like we've mentioned before, there's still a lot of anti-blackness. That's why you, there's that Star Wars poster controversy with John Boyega last December. Mm-hmm. And, like, do you want this influence infiltrating our system? as bad as it is already and i mean like and you've you've said it before on the cast it's speak with your dollar
0: yeah and it's supporting movies like creed Mm. and uh when black panther comes out it's supporting the new star uh, star wars which has a very multicultural cast absolutely um all the leads are of people of color or female Mm. like
2: the the white guy in the cast is either the villain or a robot yeah (laughs) and it's incredible i i understand like ABC, Disney, Marvel has the power to do so. Mm-hmm. And they're very, they're like a select few, but they're trying, man. They're so trying. I just don't buy into this BS that diversity doesn't sell. You know what I mean? Like, um, some folks were telling me when I was, I wasn't even posting this out of a defensive reaction. I, to me, I I'm desensitized. I, <laughs> I hardly feel anything when this happens anymore. I'm just like, well, there's, there's another one. And so I just post it. S- in a snarky, sarcastic fashion, just to joke about it, because how else are we gonna even? Where where do we even start about this? Yeah. But folks were just trying to justify it, saying, "Well, it's a Chinese company, you know." Like, yeah, like, like I opened with. Them. Yeah, totally. Like, CC wasn't joking. That was a that was a reaction that was yeah. actually shared with me. And like, you know, who in their right mind would deny funding, you know, with to to, to forego representation? And I'm just like. Well isn't there a medium for both? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. why do we have to surrender our integrity as American filmmakers? All of us, all Americans, not just like whoever's uh, whoever the suits are. Just just as us as creatives. Like what what about integrity? What about like ethics, you know? I want to do a Tony Zell style video essay about movie ethics because that's yeah. the one thing they never teach you in art in like film school or like w- never a discussion amongst our peers. Mhm. Like, we talk about style and aesthetic and themes, but we never talk about ethics mm-hmm. and how to portray people. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's a responsibility we have. I was just talking to Candice about this yeah. today, that
0: so often people forget this is a business. Mm. And that's the people who run Hollywood, yeah. people who run entertainment are businessmen mm. and businessmen I'm sure there's some business women out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> According to the Batgirl prologue, they're, only they're, one. They're, pay, they're paid less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so mad. <laughs>
0: and unfortunately, business is—you know—people you, speak. It's the dollar that makes the decision. Yeah. So mm-hmm. speaking with our dollar and supporting alternatives is gonna—you know—letting Exodus bomb was awesome. Letting gods yeah. of gods of Egypt bomb was great.
2: Yeah. Like that—that that was us saying something about it. That's that's people taking the power back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's social media did that. It's it's one. You can
0: complain. Mm. You can complain. You can complain. And that's what people do. They're on there. They're bitching about Great Wall. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, if you listen to our next episode, we we have some complaints about a, a, a recent film that we saw together, or we each saw after Comic Con. Mm. We have solutions. Yeah. Offer offer a solution, mm. and then even try to act on those solutions. Yes. You you were upset that Iron Fist was not cast as an Asian American because it was an opportunity. The mm. cast is as an Asian-American. Yes, Danny Rand is a white kid in the comics. Yeah. Yes, the that aspect is being explored in the comics of recent. Shang-Chi is going to be involved, mm. who is an even older character than Iron Fist, cast as an Asian. Uh, it's an Asian cast. They're, that is. It seems that they are circling addressing the issue that he is some stupid white kid who <laughs> is capitalizing on Asian culture. Yeah your reaction was you complained sure you had some heat about it you decided to not watch the series you Mm. you decided not to watch dr strange like you've made that decision but then you offered a solution which is to go out and make your own Mm. you're making an iron fist
2: who like honestly who knows how far it'll go but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah
0: it doesn't matter who it reaches Mm. it doesn't matter if it just goes to you me and our friends Mm. it's something yeah instead of just being an empty voice in a, or in an, a room in an empty a voice in an empty room <laughs> full of nothing yeah sound and fury mm. you did something about it and that is the key it's it's not you know pay with your speak with your dollar yeah. go, go see the movies that support alternative people of color uh, uh queer yeah. um uh, female directors feeling right go go support that but for those creatives out there yeah we can do something more because we yes. have the tools to to do more. We have the tools to do yeah. more. Um, I, I certainly will. You know, I the group of people I work with. Obviously, we're all a bunch of Wisconsin folk, and we do our best to to have a voice for. Like one of my main focuses is to constantly try to find a way to give the females that I work with yes. a voice.
2: And I do notice that throughout all your work, which is really cool. We we try. We yeah. try.
0: You know, Candace would say I don't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we try we we know that, that like we went out of our way to pass a Beckdale test uh, in one of our films by casting all female yeah. and having as many female crews as we want. That's the unpossessors. And we we are constantly looking to give voice to a smaller
1: group mm-hmm. or
0: a group that, that should have their voice heard in some capacity or other. That's that's yeah. me offering solutions the best I can. Yeah, you're a
2: creator. From what privilege privileged standing that you come from, uh, you you're using your privilege and your platform to empower others that may not be as privileged. You know that's what I really hope to do. Like as creators, you don't we don't realize how much power we have. You know maybe not financially mm-hmm. yet, but like especially with the accessibility of technology and getting things out there, we made Iron Fist in two weekends, mm-hmm. and we could easily cut it in two weekends as well. But we're taking our time, so on and so forth. But the thing is, we're capitalizing on on, on this wave of like it's the, the demand for yeah. an Asian American Iron Fist because there was a hashtag that was floating around for a while, which was hashtag A Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. That was something I'm using right now that I did not originate. That's mm-hmm. Keith Chow from uh, Nerds of Color. He created the, the hashtag. Um, and, and we just played on the idea of, well, why not? You know, my my filmmaking philosophy of the, within the last year has been, if not now, when, <laughs> if not us, who, mm-hmm. right? And... Like, I'm not going to sit back and sit on my hands and just wait Mm -hmm. for this to happen and fight for scraps. You know what I mean? Like, all this... Don't just complain. Do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I have to actually uh, credit you and Marvel Rebooted because (laughs) you you came to me a few years ago about this idea of, like, let's reboot some Marvel stories and we'll get all our writer friends together and just do all the titles but our way. Mm -hmm. And I actually had that Iron Fist idea... Years ago. Wow. But I didn't think about it (laughs) consciously until this year. And so it has been something that's been on my mind forever. I'm just so glad that technology caught up, my skills caught up, I've matured more as a storyteller, Mm. and now it's all finally coming to fruition. I think, like, it's a very small victory, but... I mean, I I wrote a very long Facebook rant today, because I was editing in in a tea shop with... You know, it's just been a, kind of like a hard week and that Matt Damon stuff really didn't help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people kind of understand. It it sounds overdramatic, but I don't think people kind of get the psychological effect of being erased sometimes mm-hmm. because, like, as you know, I've frequently cried about it on this podcast. I've grown <laughs> up in, like, a uh, small town Portland, Oregon, and I was one of the few Asian Americans, and my identity was always called out to me Mm -hmm. i wasn't born aware of being asian it was just the norm because my household is full of asian folks and Mm -hmm. like uh, having it be negatively used against me and kind of in a weaponized fashion like it wasn't frequent i don't want to say my childhood was a dower but it's something that i will never forget and it has affected me as an artist Mm -hmm. and that's why the themes that i talk about constantly correlate with those ideas and so on and so forth and that's why like we can't let this happen anymore with these kids that are grown up in my stance or whatever else stance in a marginalized position like we we can totally create a foundation lay the brick lay the mortar lay the pipes to further empower these folks whether it is like giving those 15 year olds a chance to do bts on your set or just even encouraging them hey your parents might want you to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I see that you have a gift for storytelling. Yeah. Just tell them that. You know what I mean? That's I interviewed Eugene Lee Yang from BuzzFeed. He's the face of BuzzFeed now, and he's a Korean-American. And he went to USC film school and all that stuff, and he came from a very conservative Korean family. But they, they boosted him up. They saw that he had a gift.
1: Fan fanned they,
2: that flame. Yeah, and now he's he's tops of the tops of the Internet. He's like one of the most recognizable faces in viral videos. And that, he was really inspiring because... He gave me a quote, a really great soundbite that, I, as I was editing today, I kind of like my eyes welled up a little bit because <laughs> it's, it's such a familiar theme to me. He basically said, in film school, I often wrote about my own experiences, but I felt compelled, whether it was conscious or unconscious, to write the characters as white because that's what was told to me. That's, that, that's what would sell. Mm-hmm. And, T, you don't know how many times I've heard that myself. And, like, obviously not an attack on white people or whatever, but, like, it is the predominant narrative. And to tie it back to this Matt Damon thing, why is it a big deal? Is because that's all that we see. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not – Yeah. And and it's not Matt Damon's fault. Yeah, no. It's not. He's just – you said it before. And you know what? In
0: the grand scheme of things, I bet if it had been, I'll just say Sam Worthington. Mm-hmm. All that we would have said was, sure, there would have been people like, great, another white guy, savior. It yeah. just looks like a bad movie. Yeah. Like, that's the big, that's the real thing. It's like, that doesn't even look like a good trailer. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a good movie.
2: It looks dumb. That looks it, dumb. Yeah, if we're if we're stalking, talking strictly just movie, <sighs> it looks like a shit movie. <laughs> it looks stupid. It looks so dumb. It, it's not anything that I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see that. No, it looks dumb. You know, my, my bento-damus, I say it does well in China. Mm-hmm. It bombs here yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming out in february yeah it's, it's coming the, out in dump month. it's the dump month folks february is the dump month <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i just my only fear is like if it makes any money whatsoever because i know yeah. I, I warcraft freaking made money in mm. china so anything makes money in china <laughs> these days but if this makes money i'm just afraid it's going to be continually used as a reference to say hey this succeeded why are you complaining this formula works because even even people as as socially conscious as they are even my own friends who are artists who are like yeah i'm totally champion diversity and inclusiveness when Mm -hmm. it comes to storytelling they even kind of justified saying stuff like well you know at least there's some asian sprinkled hair you know this is this is funded by china blah 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 like excuses on excuses, not calling it what it is you know a cat's a cat a duck's a (laughs) duck you know and i'm just it's just been hard to kind of have to internalize all this stuff. So I'm, I apologize if I'm coming off a little defensive, but it's just because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do the, feel defensive. I, I put the quarter. <laughs> I got a good, I got a good, twenty-two minutes out of putting like, in a no, quarter no, no, in. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: but no, I, I think that going against the norm. And, and taking risks just yields such better results. The more and more we get in, technology changes, the way social media works, the way things go on streaming, the way things go on TV, the way things hit theaters, taking chances is going to get you more attention. Yeah. And unfortunately, they didn't take a chance. They cast Matt Damon. Maybe that was them taking a chance because this has gotten so much free publicity mm. over complaining about it. Jane Lynch... You know Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. She's uh, from Glee and from uh, a lot of the Christopher Guest movies. She was, in early in her career, tired of auditioning for all the same roles. She'd yeah. go into a room with a room full of tall, blonde women, white women, and she said to her agent, I no longer want to go into any auditions for women. Only send me to auditions for men. Mm-hmm. And she started walking into auditions where it would be a room full of guys, and then she'd walk through the door Yeah, and be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> i'm here to audition for this part mm. thank you i will read now <laughs> and she started landing role after role after role yeah. because wow we never thought of it doing it that way mm. she took the risk to do something different and and yielded a great result in that to take the risk of you know casting an asian superman or a black batman mm. or doing something like that would be shocking yeah. dude the people would lose their shit but do you know how much free publicity you would get out of that Yeah, how many people would knock down the the doors to see that mm-hmm. why don't more people
2: do that yeah and, <laughs> and stuff like even smaller tier stuff like the Rocketeer um, it's being recasted as a, a black, black b- female black female and even people are losing their crap over that and it was just like when was the last time you saw the Rocketeer I, so, <laughs> so when the Rocketeer was in it Shulze actually
0: told me he's like yeah. hey, did you hear it's finally having Rocketeer my first response was <sighs> Hmm. I guess I should have expected this I love The Rocketeer it's one of my all time favorite movies ever Hmm. when we did our Batman Superman list Rocketeer was going to go on that list Okay, that was going to be my I think I bumped it for something else but Rocketeer was going to be my movie uh, and my Superman list I was just disappointed. I'm like, all right, I guess they're gonna do this. Whatever, it'll be fine. And then he told me it was gonna be a black female mm-hmm. cast as the lead. I was like, I'm on board. Woo! Heck yeah! That. Yeah. All right, let's do something different here. That's yeah. exciting. So people losing their shit, shut the hell up. Yeah. When's the last time you read a uh, Rocketeer comic? <laughs> When's the last time you saw the movie? Yeah. That's
2: garbage. Malarkey. Exactly. And let me tell you. Let me tell you why this is so important, guys. It's it's because. It it proves that anyone can be a hero. Anyone can be a leader. You know what I mean? Like so many times, not for myself, I've been very lucky to be, you know, well liked within my circles and stuff like that. But to see other folks who've been having their, you know, identity devalued because of who they are, picked last on on sports teams being made fun of for the way they look. Like, how many times do you have to go through that to understand that there's just simply no platforms for these voices to be heard? And this is why people freak out when stuff like this happens, because it's important. It's, it means something to somebody. And mm-hmm. if you have any shred of humanity, it should mean something to you, too. You know? And I feel like well, yeah, sure, this Matt Damon stuff's kind of funny. And it, it, it's, it points to a bigger issue. And now it's gone international, which <laughs> makes the issue, the problem, even a bigger problem, yeah. TC. It's it's already a macro problem, and now it's a worldwide problem. Mm. And I just, I fear a lot. And, and I apologize to anyone, because I have a lot of friends in China and Chinese friends and whatnot. I don't want to come off as xenophobic. I know the last statement I made about China is extremely xenophobic. But I do fear, as an Asian American, already having my voice kind of marginalized in the creative fields like how how i don't want any more lost opportunity because it's not marketable it's not sellable i think that's a weak ass excuse man because just make a damn good movie who cares and and put the people in it that need to be in it yeah I, i know like i don't come from a business standpoint that's why it's kind of naive for me to say all these things but commerce and And art can mix, Mm -hmm. like like you said, Star Wars works because it is diverse. Mm -hmm. It works because it's multicultural and inclusive, and has all these different things that it can bring more butts to the seats. Yeah, like Matt Damon brings a certain percentage, but could you imagine a cast with Matt Damon and like maybe Daniel Day Wu or or Daniel Day Kim? Daniel Day (laughs) Wu, that's a car, by the way. Uh, Ken Watanabe. I don't know, just different people, you know? Like it, even if they're not Asian, like I. If, it, if they're like Latino, Middle Eastern, whatever, so on and so forth. If you want to make this a fantasy, make it make it a straight up multicultural fantasy. Why why a white savior fantasy? We've had so much of that, you know. And it's not using the word white saber is not a way to be derogatory. It's a way just to say, hey, we're freaking sick of this, okay? Because it's <laughs> happened in history already. Like, we're how much more of like a colonial mentality do we have to have? <laughs> it's time to change. It's time I, to change. I'll,
0: all I'm anticipating yeah. is that that movie finally comes out and Matt Damon's in it all of five minutes. <laughs> that would be... Such a kick uh. to the ball. <laughs> if, if in fact, it is an Asian-led yeah. hero story and mm-hmm. Matt Damon is, like, killed in the... Fr- like, he's Drew Barrymore from Scream. Yeah. <laughs> Won't
2: you feel dumb then, Ben? Won't no. you feel dumb? <laughs> no, I will tell you why, TC. <laughs> I will tell you why that's still a problem because that still signifies that an Asian lead can't sell a movie that we had to market it and hide that fact by marketing Matt Damon as the lead Mm -hmm. I still think that's a huge ass problem (laughs) so no like Chinese investors or whatnot, they don't understand American identity politics we should know our own history and Mm -hmm. our own stories right now and that's why like Having this conversation is so important because simply, I think the majority of people don't know. They're very well-intentioned. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we need to keep talking about it. But you're right. Let's keep laying down the brick in the morning and the pipes and just build that foundation for these new voices, TC, because whether we like it or not, the demographic's changing. And I don't say that to mean it as a threat, but, like, it's <laughs> reality. Where, how are we going to fit these people into the narrative? They're, they're We're going to end up knocking down the fence with one way or another. Mm-hmm. We can do it the easy way <laughs> no, we or we do, do, do it the do it hard, it hard way. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, I think we can wrap it up there. Ben, why don't you do some quick little plugins for what you do, what you do. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> so I am the L Capitan of Band With No Name Films. We are an independent film group that Uh, likes to represent the underrepresented. That's kind of our goal and our mission. And you can find all of our work on YouTube and on Facebook at Band With No Name Films. And I'm also in cahoots with the team at NBC Asian America, a vertical of NBC News. And we are currently producing a series called Life Stories, which is a profile interview series that uh, goes around and touches upon different people, jobs, occupations, and demographics within Asian America and kind of highlight the diversity within our community and uh, each episode premieres Thursday morning and this Thursday morning, we'll have a really interesting episode. So, subscribe to NBC Asia America on Facebook at nbcAsiamerica.com. and you can also find them on YouTube, NBC News, and Roku. <laughs> <laughs> breathe, Ben. Breathe. Oh my god. <laughs> uh,
0: you can follow Firmament Films at uh, t- on Twitter and Instagram with at Firmament Films. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TC's Big Head. That head be big. Take a take a look around the site if you want to see some of our short films and listen to other episodes. Please like on Facebook. Please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate the love. But that's all we have for you this time. We'll be back again with another review and some other news stories uh, with our Comic-Con wrap-up. But, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this little bonus episode. I am TCD Wit. This is Ben over here. Uh, and to all the rewatchmen out there, I say keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I always do that. <laughs> <laughs> I always put together Game of Thrones and open with that. We haven't put the call out for comments. Uh,
2: should we next time? Yeah. What's your opinion on this? Cuckoo! Cuckoo!